Burning Zozo Written by Kristen Knight Narrated by Nancy Peterson 4.16 Brother's Keeper The black, glassy chopper perched on the mansion roof like an eagle's eye shining in the evening light. Andy pedaled hard into the driveway and dropped her bike, then raced to service entrance, too. Miraculously, it was open. Inside, the house was catacomb dark and ice cold. Not a single light was on, not even the cubbies, and the skylights had been blacked out. Mr. Chen? Her voice echoed through the foyer. Mr. Chen! She reached for her walkie phone, but there was nothing at her waist. She'd left it home. Andy groped her way toward the master suite where she heard voices. The walls were so cold, they felt wet. She wiped her hand on her pants. Arius? She called out. Andy. A voice came from over her shoulder. She jerked around. Oh, Mr. Chen, you scared me. Where's Arius? I need to talk to him. He's resting. Jet lag? She asked, trying to catch her breath. Can we wake him? He did the most amazing thing for my family. She struggled to match her whisper to Chen's, but was too excited. Her voice reverberated through the vast house. Something wrong with the lights? Andy. Chen touched her arm. Arius is sick and in a lot of pain. Light and noise make it worse. Her shoulders fell. Sick? With what? Chen? A quiet voice came from his walkie. Is that Andy? Bring her in, will you? I'd like to see her. Be right there, Chen answered. Just a few minutes. He wagged his finger, then walked to the master suite where he stopped at the door. I should warn you. He looks... bad. Andy swallowed and nodded. Okay. Chen opened the door. The room was empty of light, but rank with the disturbing smell of days-old bedded sweat. Chen lit a candle. Adams lay in a tangled mess of sheets. Wearing only shorts, his entire body was slick with perspiration. He turned towards the candle. His eyes glowed like embers, bloodshot and glazed. Oh. Andy covered her mouth. He reached out his hand. Andy. She sat on the bed and took his hand. His skin was blazing hot. His brow twisted and rippled. How long has he been like this? She asked Chen. A few days, Chen said. He came back early from his trip and has been ill ever since. He didn't want to worry you so he asked me not to say anything. A few days? Why isn't he in the hospital? 
New desperation blossomed in her voice. Chen, will you leave us for a few minutes? Arius said, gritting his teeth against the pain. Chen nodded, then quietly closed the door. We have to call the doctor right now. This looks like what my sister has, and the fever can damage your heart, and... He let out a great heaving cough. Andy scanned the room. A cup of water rested on the nightstand. Here, drink this. She tipped the glass up to help him sip. Thank you. He gazed up at her. No, doctors. I've had this before, and nothing man-made will cure it. You've had this before? Listen, I don't have much strength, but I need to tell you something. Something about myself. It might shock you a bit, but I need you to know. It's important. What? she asked, wincing, fearful for some kind of goodbye. You cannot tell anyone what I'm about to tell you. Not a word. She took in a cold breath and nodded. Are you familiar with the Bible? A little. Do you know the story in Genesis of the brothers, Cain and Abel? One brother killed the other, right, over sheep or something. Well, that's part of it. Was he searching for a metaphor to explain his illness, she wondered? No. I need you to be open-minded. Can you do that? Yes. She scooted closer so he wouldn't have to talk so loudly, save his strength. Remember in Las Vegas when I told you I was trapped in a contract? You said it was like slow strangulation. He nodded. Yes, well, I'm still bound to that contract. A contract with escalating consequences. Another property deal. Arius shook his head and then let out a long, labored breath. No. A different kind of contract with a different kind of second party. He looked up at her. And he... Arius is not my given name. It's a name I took later in life. The name I was born with is Cain. I am the eldest son of Adam from the Bible. It was me who took the life of my brother who betrayed me. I drew first blood. I don't think 
I was first born, he interrupted, and the birthright was mine. But my brother, the person I trusted most in the world, betrayed me, took everything and everyone that mattered from me. He closed his eyes. In the most personal, insidious ways. His voice grew icy. So I allied with certain parties to get back what was rightfully mine. But the situation got out of control. And I hurt my brother. And because I broke God's law, a curse was placed on me. A contract. The Bible lists just a few of the terms. He wiped the sweat from his brow. Andy sat still, waiting for him to get to the point of the story so he would tell her what he had. God turned his back on me, left me to work out the rest of the terms with someone else. A master negotiator who tricked me into an unholy, cruel set of terms. And those terms decided upon in private were lost from the Bible text. She placed her hand on his forehead. You're burning up. Please. He pulled her hand down. Please. I need you to listen carefully. Every year, during the red grain moon in August, I must reenact what brought this curse upon me, or I get violently ill, like I am now. But because of the deal, I can never die and cannot be cured, so my life becomes a living hell of fever and pain. Maybe you picked this up in Australia. No, listen. He coughed and coughed. I'm sorry, she stroked his hand. I'm listening. If I complete the terms of the contract again, the fever lifts and I live another year well and good. But this year, after thousands of years, is the most important finally reach the number of completion, and if I perform the task correctly, the curse will be lifted for good, and I will finally receive my birthright. Okay, so let's fulfill the terms and get you well, she humored him, scanning the dim room for prescription drugs. It was either the fever making his imagination run wild, or some serious meds. The task is that I have to sacrifice someone, Andy. She poured water on a cloth and dabbed his forehead. Shh, shh. His face twisted with pain. No. He gripped her hand harder. I have to take someone's life. Arius, stop, she pulled back. You're hurting me. He pulled her closer. Year after year, 
That is what I have to do, or I suffer like this through eternity. Faces that end up on milk cartons, missing, abducted, cold cases that never reopen, thousands of them, all because of me. His breath smelled of sulfur. Arius, you're so sick you're hallucinating, she said. Sacrificial cups, illuminated Bibles, property contracts have all mashed up and twisted in your mind, thanks to whatever meds you're taking. She dabbed the back of his neck with the cloth. And I must say, only a brilliant mind like yours could create such an elaborate legal delusion. She pulled on his hand. Come on, let's get you dressed into the ER. God washed his hands of me, Andy, because of my black-hearted brother. Arius's voice dropped. I made a mistake just once, and now I'm trapped forever. He mashed a pillow with his hands. In the dim light, Andy noticed a handful of Gatorade bottles lying empty around the room. She picked one up and smelled it, checking for the sick cherry scent of Robitussin DM. Her mother's hallucination showed up after the sixth bottle, and although they weren't as complex, they were just as terrifying. Andy, he pulled her closer, his face oyster gray. I did. I've done such terrible things. They pressed down on me like lead bricks burying me alive. I think about the lives I've taken, the fathers, the daughters, the sons, knowing I'll have to do it again and again. It bleeds the joy from my life. So I try to hold out and not complete the task, like this year. He pulled her hand to his scalding chest. Being around you, having hope in my life again, someone to build a legacy with, someone to mentor and care about for the first time in decades, made me want out of the contract. And he couldn't believe that she was actually touching his bare chest and that he said he cared about her. Can't we talk about this at the hospital? She asked. Besides, if there's a contract, there's an out clause, right? Let's just find it and use it. Case closed. He shook his head. The contract is a legal masterpiece. It heightens the risks and punishment if I don't fulfill the terms. Layer after layer of conditions. With no out clause but one. To hit the number outlined in the contract. I've tried for years to find a loophole but failed. I've even tried willpower. Tried to fight through the fever. But when I do, it's not just me who gets sick. He paused, gathering his strength. Each time I hold out, a new disease spills out onto the people around me. A violent epidemic 
a plague. It happened in Europe, Asia, Africa. Most people don't really know how new diseases are born, how they spread. But the big ones come from my action or inaction. Bubonic, cholera, smallpox, malaria, yellow fever, West Nile, Spanish fever, polio. I could go on. The first time I lived here and tried to resist the curse, it resulted in the annihilation of the entire ancestral Pueblo nation. The cliff cities completely emptied because of me. And now another has begun. He was starting to sound like the spinners, weaving unrelated facts into his fiction. Okay, it's not happening here. You really need to sleep. Yes, it is. He tried to sit up. Shh, okay, okay. A faint, the dump, the dump, tapped beneath her hand. We need to cool you down to protect your heart. Do you have any ice in here? Or should I call Chen? Death follows me wherever I go. Like some twisted, sticky shadow that I can't wash off. He rocked back on his pillow. You've seen the signs. First the plants, then the insects and birds. Then a few innocent cases of flu. A ripple of warnings before the red moon. If I get caught and jailed or can't fulfill the task, thousands, millions die, all as a result of my actions. That's why I move around the way I do. His face contorted. Andy shook her head, tears threatening in her throat. Please stop talking like this. You're so sick. You're scaring me. But now I'm too weak. Someone else will have to fulfill the terms. Someone I can trust to keep it secret. Someone who could get me out of this living hell. He arched his back and gripped her hand, then turned away gritting his teeth. She checked the nape of his neck for dots. Except for the brand, his skin was clean. Like a woman in labor, eventually, the pain passed and Arius looked back at her. I'm sorry I lied to you, Andy. Lied about what? When you found me in the pool... I had been down for over an hour. Water helps when I feel the fever coming on, and because I'm cursed with immortality, I can't drown. He lay still, looking up at her with tired eyes. But I'm not lying now. She placed a damp cloth on his forehead. His red eyes gazed at her, you're so good, Andy. So sweet. Too good to be caught up in my disgusting life. 
I'm sorry I involved you. You're not disgusting, Arius. You're a good person. Maybe the most generous person I've ever known, she said softly. I know it was you who helped my father. Do you realize what you've done for me? For my entire family? She wiped the sweat from between his collarbones. I don't know how I'll ever be able to repay you. You're all I have. You and Chen. And you need your father. Arius barked out a string of dry coughs. Please let me help you, she whispered. Please let me take you to the clinic. Perhaps you can help me. Think of a way to help me fulfill the task to lift the curse once and for all. You're so clever. Promise me you'll try. He moved her hand to his too warm cheek and whispered, Andy. In the dim light, the simple gesture was tender and intimate. It left her teary. She shook her head, trying to stop the tears. I promise, Arius. After all you've done for me, I'll help you however I can, she said. Sleep now, okay? He closed his eyes. She shuffled to the door. Andy, he sat up, straining to talk. If we don't stop the curse, the plague will take her. She turned slowly. Who, Arius? Emma, he whispered. Without a sacrifice, she won't make it. I'm sorry. He lay back on his pillow and muttered, And the last shall be first. Andy moved into the icy hall and closed the door. Chen stood, waiting, hands behind his back. He's delusional. He needs a doctor, Andy said. He won't let me call. Do it anyway. Force him. She felt tears gathering again. Don't cry, don't cry. She cleared her throat. And maybe you shouldn't be here if he's contagious. I think you should stay somewhere else. I'll be fine. Chen touched her arm. Come on. You should be celebrating with your father. I'll walk you out. As they traveled the dark, frigid hallway, Andy continued debating with Chen, trying to get him to do as she asked. Her breath puffed out before her like angry smoke, punching and slamming the air around her. Chen calmly listened until Andy said, I'm a calling if you won't. He stopped at service entrance too and said, Andy, I need to remind you that you cannot tell anyone that he's sick or what he said to you today. He slowed his words to make them even more clear. What do you mean? The NDA you signed covers everything. Even this, Chen's brow furrowed. 
So, if you tell or call anyone, his chin dropped, he'll not only fire and sue you, he'll make your life a living nightmare by damaging anything important to you. Getting into college will no longer be a possibility. Neither will your father getting a job ever again. The missing evidence will suddenly appear. You don't really understand his reach or how much he values his privacy and what he'll do to maintain it. Chen opened the door. Andy stepped across the threshold and turned. But if the fever's damaging his heart, Chen, I can't just keep my mouth shut. If he's dying, I won't. I'm sorry. But you have no other choice, Andy. Then Chen stepped back and closed the door. Something always brings me back to you It never takes too long No matter what I say or do I'll still feel you here Till the moment I'm gone You hold me without
never takes too 